and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am talking today with the amazing Brig Johnson. She's a master certified coach who specifically coaches high achieving black women. And it is my honor to interview her today. But before I do, gotta pay some bills. Let me tell you about this week's sponsor. Vibe Funds is a commercial multifamily real estate firm trusted for, by physician investors, physician families, and busy entrepreneurs from all over the U.S. Based in Dallas, Texas, and funded by Vina Jetty, Vibe Funds specializes in curating conservative passive real estate income opportunities for investors. Vina brings a dynamic perspective to targeting, acquiring, managing, and operating investment assets using the best time-tested practices combined with cutting-edge technologies. Reach out to Vina and her team at Vive Funds to find out more how you can be a successful investor too by creating opportunities for yourself to build your own portfolio. You can find them at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash Vive, V-I-V-E, funds. That's again, drpodcastnetwork backslash Vive funds. Welcome to the podcast, Brig Johnson, Master Certified Coach, CRNA, making her my new friend. <laughs> Tell the people on Podcasting World a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting into the world. Oh, great. I'm Brig Johnson. I'm a Life and Mindset Coach or Master Certified Life and Mindset Coach. My niche is high achieving Black women. I help us go from surviving to flourishing. I love it. I love it. And I heard you on a podcast and you dropped some gems and then you're starting to talk about anesthesia. And I was like, oh, another, another medical coach. Like I got to get my hands on her. And so started following <laughs> you on Instagram, sent you a DM. And I am just so elated to have you here today. And the word that you picked, which I'm super excited to like get your perspective on is sufficiency. Tell me why you picked it and a little bit about it. Oh my. I just think that is my, that's my word. It's like, it's either sufficiency or compassion, but sufficiency is the thing that allows me to have compassion, right? Sufficiency is knowing that wherever I am is okay, that I am in control no matter what is happening to me. I have the ability to respond or react. And as medical people, we know the difference right? Somebody gives a medicine and they respond or they're reacting. So it's, I have control and really understanding that I have that control over how I feel anytime I want to. And I don't have to have validation from someone else or something else to make me feel a certain way. So it's like, I like look at it as cutting the puppet's strings. It's like totally cutting all the puppet strings, even the strings that we don't even know exist. Mm, I love that. As you were saying that, that illustration just spoke to me as you were talking about it. So does this come from a place in your life in the past to where you had all the puppet strings that you were dancing? Yeah, totally. Right. It's like, I want to feel successful. So we go after the certificate or the degree so that we can feel successful, but we don't feel successful once we get there. 
because we think the thing is the thing that creates the feeling of success and it's not. Or I want to feel like I belong. And so we people please or we do all the things so that we can or edit ourselves, right? Especially as women of color, edit ourselves or behave this way or don't say this or whatever, because we want to feel the feeling of belonging. So yeah, it was just me understanding those things that I did consciously, but really understanding those unconscious things, those unconscious biases that I that I had to literally bring into my forefront and go, oh, that's why I'm doing that. That's why this is a problem. Like mm-hmm. that's why them taking my pen was such an issue, or that's why this, like whatever was happening, there's a reason there was a story behind it. And I had to uncover the story behind it. Yeah. What I was making it mean. Really get down under the surface. It is. It's so much. It's like noticing it and then naming it and then like digging down into the layers to be right. exactly that. Totally. I love, I love it so much. Well, talk a little bit about your journey. Like I said, I was just so pumped to find out that you're a CRNA, that you also are a master certified coach. So talk a little bit about that and kind of the interminglings and and just your life in general. Okay. How far you want me to go back? Girl, you go as far (laughs) or as shallow as you want. So let's see. I did the, I did the pay as you go journey. Like some people have the direct route express route. I took the, the local train, which meant like I stopped at every exit. So, and like, it took me a little bit longer, but that's okay. Like I went to community college first and then got my associate degree. I was an LVN before I became an RN. So worked as an LVN for like seven years and then became an RN, but an RN associate degree. And then I stayed there for a while. And then I went to bachelor's and then eventually I got, you know, got more courage each time getting a little bit more courage and then got my master's in anesthesia. So I've been doing anesthesia 18 years. So I've been nursing for 38 years. (laughs) You don't look like you should have been, you guys will have to go online and look at Briggs. She looks phenomenal. Like you tell me 38 years. I'm like, shit, girl, I want to know your skincare products. I know. Right. Right. It's called a little bit of melanin. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Right. And when did coaching pop into your life? Coaching was always kind of at the back of my mind. I would see people and go, oh, I kind of want to do that. But I would see life coach, but it's like, do you have to have a lot of life experiences in order to be a life? Like, how do you get training to be a life coach? I never did understand that, but I knew it was something that I was intrigued by. And so I went through a breakup that brought up all my shit. Hopefully I can cuss on this because you I'm 100% like, can. Cool. We are totally yeah. fucking explicit here. <laughs> So it brought up all my shit and I couldn't figure out why, because I was like, I've had breakups before I even had a divorce before. So what was it? And if I believed the hype, if what I believe what my brain was telling me, it was the guy. And I was like, it is not the guy. Like I knew enough to know it wasn't the guy, but there was something. So I got a life coach. Like I literally got a life coach and like, okay, what is this? And so through that, I understood what was going on. And I was like, immediately like, yeah, no, I'm going to learn how to do this. This is amazing. 
because it wasn't the guy, but my brain was telling me it was him. But there was a part of me that was like, no, there's, there's more of a story that I'm creating from this. And how did you decide that you wanted to work with high achieving black women? That was just an evolution. Like, because I had lost, I think I lost like 90 pounds. So I have a before and after. And so I started coaching before I became a coach with people just on weight loss. And I, you want help? Sure, I can help you. If you want help? Sure, I can help you. And it just like went from free to like this small fee. And then, so my first interest into like, once I finished life coach school and got certified, that's the, that's the route I chose. There's different routes to do coaching for sure, but that was the route I chose. I started out with like with weight loss. So I did weight loss for a while and I realized I started coaching more on relationships and their relationship with themselves which is all weight loss, right? And then I just realized I liked that more. And so it just kind of slowly evolved over two and a half years from that to me becoming a coach and then looking at how most of the successful coaches weren't, they didn't look like me. And I started getting really intrigued with that and started asking lots of questions and getting coached on it. And like, what is it about high achieving Black women? Like, Why are we so underrepresented? And even the ones that are here, why are we not making it? And so I just started having all the thoughts about it and coaching myself. And then that became my niche. I love it so much. So so talk more about that. Why are the reasons that, and I can look around and fully admit, like the life coaching space is very like white suburban mom. Mm -hmm. Right. So what's your thoughts on that? I think for, for a while, I think there was like coaching is this, like it wasn't as accessible to everybody. That's one thing. And then another thing is, is like the coaching. I was more interested in the ones who are coaches. Why are we not being successful? And it wasn't this like your thoughts create your reality. And so you just think I can be a coach. And so I was like, okay, but I'm thinking that, but She's thinking the same thing and she's having better results than me. What is it? And it was, it was the hidden layers that I wasn't speaking. Like as a black person, it's harder for me. Or as a black person, I have to show up differently. Or as a black woman, I can't shine. Like it's more dangerous, like that dangerous Mm. to shine. I didn't even realize that was, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't realize how much of a thing it was until it was time for me to like, to start shining and start seeing all the drama that I was, that was coming up for that, or just my ability to dream. I dream as a black woman, I would dream safe dreams. Like if I know the route, if I know, like I do this, I do this, I do this. That's why I like medical school. No problem. You do this, you get the grade, you do this, you get the grade. Like, but the entrepreneurial journey is I take a step, And there's like 15 different steps and I have to choose. That feels very unsafe. And so as women of color, I think we live in a world that doesn't embrace us, that tells us we're not enough. So we're always craving safety. So go to something where I don't know the how, and then I've got to just believe was a bigger jump, I think, for women of color than from other women. Not to say that everybody doesn't have their thing, because everybody has their story individually, but culturally as a group, it just feels like a like it feels like 
you're asking me to jump the Grand Canyon. Yeah. To just say I'm going to be in a successful coach and be a million dollar coach or something. Yeah. And since you jumped into the space, how have you seen it like flux and move? I've seen it flux and move because after the George Floyd murder, like we started having the conversations. And it's not until you have awareness that like you can you can start dealing with problems. Like it's not an issue until you start having the honest conversations, the uncomfortable conversations. Once the uncomfortable conversations started happening, I started seeing women of color saying what their hidden thoughts were. Like, I think my people don't have money. I think I can't do this. Like those kind of things. And then when we started being able to say our thoughts out loud and get coached on those, that's when I started seeing changes and I started seeing more women of color making money. And the more women of color make money, now we have examples. So now it's like, oh, it is my thoughts. (laughs) Because up until then, it's like, I kind of believe it. But when you start having other people who are doing it, it's like, oh, maybe it is my thoughts, possibly. Mm Mm-hmm. God, I love that so much. I've been really loving following along on your Instagram thread as well and just what you're doing and promoting. Talk a little bit about Breakthrough with Brig, your podcast. My podcast is a labor of love because (laughs) when you follow people like Cara Lowenthal or Brooke Steele or Rachel, like all these very succinct, articulate, you know, crosses every I, dots every Q, kind of like dots every, you know, whatever it is, crosses every T, dots every I, whatever. And and then there's me. And one thing I didn't want to do is to be try to be a carbon copy of, so my brain was like, well, if you listen to Cara, then you have to be like her. Like, that's what you like. And I was like, but that, I listen to her, but that is not who I am. But I didn't have a lot of examples of people that sounded like me that did it in my dialect, in my, you know, how I'm going to say it. And so it was very uncomfortable for me to like put my shit out there. And I think the one that got me the most was when I described doing goals as, are you treating your goal as a booty call? And like, it's your commitment level to a goal. Is it just a booty call or is it a long-term relationship or are you married to your goal? The commitment level, but That is the way, like, that's the way I talk. That's the way I am. That's who I am. And so Breakthrough with Brig is just that. It's me explaining the same concepts, but in a way that relates to me and in a way that will address some of the things that women of color face. Those thoughts that we don't talk about in mixed company, I say it in mixed company because I know Not only are Black women listening to my podcast, but I know white women are, and I invite it. Like, I totally invite it. And like, I get a lot of, you know, positive feedback from it. So yeah, that, that was me doing a lot of (laughs) self-coaching. I'm a listener. I love it. I love getting in there and hearing your perspective. And, you know, honestly, you are speaking the same song in my heart. When I started Dr. Me First, I was like, who's going to want to listen to some like country bumpkin talk about? any of this stuff. But you're right. It's only you can say it the way that you can say it and impact it. I I love Kara, but sometimes I can't listen to her Eastern accent. <laughs> I love the things her words that you're saying, but you're right. And then I come and listen to you, Brig, and it just like sinks in. 
like a good stew. You know, it's just like filling. And I'm just telling you, for our listeners who are listening today, you need to go over, you're obviously a podcast listener, go listen to Brig and sit with her for a while because it is very welcoming. I do always walk away, maybe not learning something about myself, but learning how I can be a better ally, how I can help call out this nasty, slimy shit that's in the corner that nobody's talking about, but it's pretty damn obviously walking down the hospital halls. Yeah. And yeah, so I totally. love it. I You got to keep doing it because I think it's that good. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. It's been definitely a labor of love. And I am always surprised, pleasantly surprised when someone says they listen to my podcast and they love it. I'm like, you do? Really? Because to me, it's like there's still just five people that are listening to my podcast <laughs> and my no, mother is not one of them. <laughs> you're very real, though. And, and yes. being a, a fellow high achiever, like it's so relatable. And so I so yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. It's like the one gift I can give is my transparency of my shit is fucked up just like everybody else. And let's talk about it. This is how I work through it. And I'm still working through it. And so it's just the reality. Like I'm not giving you the Instagram version of me. You get, yeah, this is me. And I love that because I think in the coaching world, like people are trying to like doctor up their picture so much. And it's just like, yeah, I'm not size zero. Never will be, probably never was. And like, take it or leave it. And that is 100% okay. And I was just talking the other day, I do a Slack community. Uh, I'm not a big Facebook person. So we hang out on Mm -hmm. Slack and I just had to come to them and and like apologize and say, I'm sorry, you know, and and it was just a little conversation around, I got turned on another good podcast is called Duped, The Dark Side of Online Marketing. And so I've been listening to it and they talk about ethical business practices. And I thought I was very like ethical and stuff. But as I've listened through this podcast, I realized, holy shit, like I've been doing some online marketing strategies that are not kosher. They're not cool. And so I went into my community and I just, I, my team was kind of like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yes, I want to do this. I want to tell people, I'm sorry if you have felt pressured, if you have felt weird or like, you know, like that's not what this is about. Even to the point of saying, and you've probably seen it in the life coaching world where it's like, raise your prices, know your value, raise your prices, know your value, raise your price. So I've been doing that, but it hasn't been sitting well inside. And so I just went in the community and I said, guys, I know we've been talking about this and I know we've been posting about it. And I just want to apologize. And I might be the only one who ever does this, but actually I'm going to pull those back down because they don't feel right to me and they feel slimy and greasy. And that's not, that's not the place that I want to be in. And so again, like I, I showed them my fucking dumpster fire (laughs) because, you know, I always tell people I'm only like five steps ahead of you. That's all. Yeah. And get real, real with it. Sometimes not even that. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes five steps behind, you know, depends on the day. And if you don't care, let's go there. Let's talk about you stepping away from medicine a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was a slow burn. You know, I can I can see it now as like, because people are asking me, well, how you feel? And I'm like, I feel fine. But it's because it took me like a year and a half to make the decision. I coached myself along the way. So of course, when it happened, like I was, I was prepared and I was ready. So it was, it was fine. But coaching on it, like coaching through it was like making the steps to, can I share a story yeah, that please will do. explain it? 
I think, you know, I'm single, right? I'm single. If anybody knows any 50-year-old men that are looking, hey, send them my way. (laughs) But (laughs) so when I would be introduced to someone, of course, you want to like give them your best impression, right? So someone introduced me to a Super Bowl ring guy, like wearing a Super Bowl ring, totally my guy. And he was totally digging me. Right. So, and I knew that I was like, oh yes. And when he said, what do you do? And without a hesitation, I said, I'm a life coach. I knew I had made that transition. I totally knew because I didn't even say, and I'm a nurse anesthetist or, and I do anesthesia on the side because I used to always lead with in chest out, shoulders back, head up. I'm a nurse anesthetist, right? And because of that identity and that identity, I love that identity. So to, to go through the work of changing and realize, oh, it was just my thoughts about it. It wasn't actually what I did. And to feel the same way about what I do as a life coach and just go, I'm, I'm a life coach. That was when I knew, oh, okay. I'm almost, I'm like, I kind of smiled because I'm like, oh, I'm ready now. Like once you accept the identity of it, then it was like, I get to step into that so much more fully. And so, yeah, that, but I, I absolutely love the transition. And I love that I gave myself all the time and me in confusion about it was okay. Me when I was trying to decide about it was okay. Like every step of the way I met it with, I met it with compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. When we are able to like peel back the label that we have Mm -hmm. stuck on ourselves so hard, like super glued on Mm -hmm. and be like, do I really want to wear this anymore? And you're right. There's something about like when it just falls out of your mouth, like when people are like, what do you do? And I'm, What I say is, you know that feeling when you'd rather be hit by a truck than show up (laughs) to the office on Monday? I help with that. So good, right? You know, because that's, that is, and and that's where, but that's, it's not an easy process. It's not an easy process to let go of those professional titles that we have, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and more bodily fluids for this damn thing. Yeah. to, To let it go because it's like. It's almost like a parasitic relationship with that title that I remember when I first got coached and my coach asked me, what would be the worst thing taken away from you that would be so dreadful it would feel life ending? I didn't say my kids. I didn't say my husband. I said my medical license. And still to this day, it bothers me. But it's because that exact thing, that identity was so rooted in that I had made everything about the white coat that, yeah, it's cool to be in another place to be like, so what do you do? And I'm like, well, some days I sit on the couch and some days I'm at fucking Ivy league schools giving presentations. That's what I do. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. I think as, as when we really realize that we're so socialized that what we do is more important. And so we, identify so much more with what we do as opposed to who we are. So I was like, we're, we're human doings as opposed to human beings. Mm -hmm. We get to be. Yeah. I think that, I mean, this is amazing how it all ties back, but it goes back to your word of sufficiency, sufficiency, enoughness, like you as a flawed human born in a flawed world are enough. Totally. It's like when we realize that 
our worth is, is just it. It's just enough, period. But when we, instead of accepting that, because that's a mind trip, nothing can make you feel that way, or there's nothing you can do or not do that's going to take that away. We just have to accept that as fact. And it's a mind trip to like, just accept it without doing anything. You mean like, I just accept that fact. But so many of us borrow from our business value or our value in friendships or whatever to fill that void that we're responsible for just accepting. It doesn't need to be filled. Gosh, I love that. I love that so much. Well, if you want other goodness from Brig, you need to go hang out with her on Instagram. She's got a pop-in account. You can check her out on Facebook. I'm not going to be on Facebook. You guys know that. But she's going to be on Facebook. Or like I mentioned her podcast earlier, or BrigJohnson.com. They're all great places. And you're getting ready to open up um, some new groups potentially coming in the fall. Yeah, I am. I'm excited about it. What are your groups typically like? Who would who would be a fit for that? And, and what might they experience with you? My groups, now one-on-one is different, but my groups are going to be high-achieving Black women. We're going to create safe spaces for us to have those conversations. And I think the group is going to be so much better than one-on-one. Most people are like, one-on-one, one-on-one. I was like, no, but the group is going to be so much better because you get to see the same story in like 10 different ways, like that same thought process and the results of it. So you may not get it if I'm coaching you, but seeing someone else get coached on something very similar and you not having the attachment to it, it's like you will totally see, oh, that's what it is I'm doing. Like you get to see it. And sometimes we don't know what we need coaching on, but when you see somebody else, it's like, wait a minute, I do that same thing. Like, but you would have never asked for coaching on it. So it would be high achieving women who are like, wait, this is it. Like I have all the trappings of success, but yet I still don't and still feel that pressure to keep driving. Like they're ready to get off the hamster wheel. Totally ready. Like they've been in survival. Mm, I love that. I talk about the hamster wheel all the time. All the time. And I'm like, I don't want to be a hamster anymore. I don't want no damn wheel. (laughs) But I call it the now what phenomenon that I see so many people going through. Like they've checked all the boxes and now they're just standing there and like, now what? Right. Because that that carrot never came. Like the carrot, like the Geico commercial. Whoa, you almost got it. (laughs) Like when he's holding the little fish and and the thing is like, that's the way life is for us. It's like, just keep on. And and you got to think about it. Advertisers, the patriarchy, all of it. Like, it's just, it's right here. It's right here. And then, of course, as we get older as women, then it's like your value. Like, if you hadn't got it by now, you're not going to get it. And like, life is over. All of it all is all made up bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're going to end on that because it's so good. Brig, thank you so much for coming on Dr. Me First. It's been my pleasure Gosh, it's my honor to host you on here. And I I am just so excited to see where your journey continues from here. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. Thanks for asking. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. 
It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. <laughs> but what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. Great show with Brake Johnson today. And before we wrap this up, just a reminder about our sponsor, Vive Funds. Vive Funds provides unique, passive, multifamily investment opportunities that they vet and bring to you as the investor. Reach out to Vina Jetty to see how you can partner with her and Vive to help you reach your real estate investment goals. Go to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash Vive Funds. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids, one, two.